Welcome to episode 68 of Running Matters. My name's Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm well. Very well. Happy to be back at Gaimia Allied Health for the seventh time this week. Lovely. Can't get enough of the place. It's been a big week. Not a lot of running going on. Glad we had a bit of a hit out last Sunday with uh, your little training group, mate. Yeah. What's going on? Doing some coaching, mate. Some uh, online programs. Okay. Thanks for mentioning that. No, no worries. I've just before we talk any further, I've just got to open a beer. Okay. Thank you, Sydney Brewery. Yeah, thanks, Sydney Brewery. So thirsty. Um. So what you you just started coaching? Mm. This is a new thing for you. It's a new thing, and I hope it long lasts longer than the real estate career. Well, it already has by the sound of it. Yes, that's a good point. That's good. Well Anything done. more than one day uh, is longer. Than my previous and, and, and so how do people get in touch with you, Wolf? Good question, and I'm glad you asked. Good prompting. Um, so Running Matters Facebook page okay. or Running Matters Instagram. All right. And is that the name of your coaching business? I haven't come up with a name yet, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Running Matters is a good name. Running Matters Coaching. Yeah. Should yeah. do that, eh? Fantastic. Should do that. Fantastic. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, our special guest today is Rachel Allworth. How are you going, Rachel? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for giving up your time today. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Goo Energy, Ranala, Sydney Brewery. What have you just had, mate? Uh, I'm having the Glamorama, and yep. I'm about to pour my very first shandy for Rachel. Yeah. Um, so this has never been tested before, so you're a little bit of a guinea pig here, Rachel. Oh, good to give it a rating. Yeah. yeah. Do you normally have a shandy? Is that how you... I haven't had a shandy for quite some time, but I don't mind one. Yeah. Yeah. Who okay. doesn't enjoy a shandy? Fantastic <laughs> yeah. stuff on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. My mum used to be fond of a shandy. Yeah. yeah. Well. It's a balance, isn't it? Anyway. Um, Guy Me Allied Health, Base Camp Attitude. Yep. Upstairs. We're back. Yep. We're back open. Yep. Um, we've had plenty of people coming through the door, actually, which has been nice. Um, yeah. Back in business. So we've had, uh, had a few new inquiries, a couple of pretty tidy cyclists upstairs and then we've had a couple of injured athletes looking to keep their cardiovascular fitness going while they're injured, a couple of stress fractures. Um, so they've been plugging away on the bike and the rower upstairs and getting fit or staying fit while they're injured. So that's been a nice little uh, extra, I guess, a few different people coming in the door, which is nice. How did the listeners get in touch and make a booking? Mate, very simple. Basecampaltitude.com.au and you can book online for your first assessment. And if you say you've been listening to the show, I'll do your assessment for free. Really? Yeah. Cool. Simple. Yeah, really easy. We'll put you through a bit of a test on the bike or the treadmill to start with just to make sure you're, uh, you're ready for a bit of altitude training. Um, and then we'll work out you know, the right level of uh, intensity that you should be plugging away at when you're up there and we'll go from there. Have you ever got anyone that's not ready? Yeah, I have. Um, a couple of people failed the first test pretty dismally, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, but I guess you just set your expectations a bit lower. Mm. Yeah, so ready's a bit of subjective term, okay. I suppose. Okay. They kept training, which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Anyway, so we're back. So look us up. That's exciting. Come and get high. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, T8 Run, Precision Hydration and Fractal Performance Headwear. So that's uh, quite the list. It is. So, Rachel, how'd you come up with the name for your running group? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the 
the car on the way here. I'm thinking, I bet they're going to ask me about the name. <laughs> um, it was actually, it started out a bit as a bit of a joke. Yeah. And um, I just had a lot of people ask me, oh, how did you learn to run? And I wish I could do it. And I just sort of whipped something up really quickly when I had interest. And I just went, oh, yeah, Rachel's runners that runs off the tongue nicely. And it does. That was it. A bit of alliteration. Alliteration. Great word. <laughs> great word. I'm glad we stuck that in early in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never would have come up with that. No, that's right. It's uh, one for judge, actually. Alliteration. <laughs> word of the day. So, Rach, is it true that you embarked on your first run as a way to get out of making school lunches? <laughs> it, it pretty much could have been. <laughs> is that the rumour going around no, here? No, just something I read. <laughs> just something I read. Um, it was probably a way to... Well, at first of all, I had, I've got two boys and, you know, they're, when they're younger, they're, they're a bit wild running around and I felt like I just needed a bit of... Um, fitness in my life because after having the kids I hadn't done a lot and my husband used to say you should go running you should go running and I always hated running mm. I hated running at high school I used to hide behind the buildings and cross country and all that kind of stuff so yeah. I was never a runner and then my, I decided I was going out for walks every day so I just started walking and it just got to the point where I was walking so quickly and I was going across Alfred's Point Bridge and I thought well maybe I could just run down this little hill and that was sort of the start mm. and I just sort of built my way up and increased to do walk-run intervals. And I just, you know, each sort of day or every couple of days, I went, oh, I'll just go up that hill or I'll just go to that light post. And and that, and that was sort of what I did. And I, I found it um, it was really good to manage manage anxiety and any kind of sort of, you know, stress you might have had, looking after the two little kids and, mm. and whatever. And I was a school teacher at the time. So, yeah, it is good to get out of doing the housework, that's for sure. <laughs> And, and the chores. <laughs> so you, you started from scratch, basically, yeah. and started going out and running and building it up, and then obviously you started entering some events, and tell us how your, your business started up. Um, so after not a couple of months, I went in a local fun run, and I just left at the end of it because I had to get home to the kids. And on the way home in the car, I had a phone call and it was a friend and she said, where are you? And I said, oh, I had to go, I've got to get back home. What's wrong? She said, nothing, but you just won a medal. You came first. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the switch that flicked in me. I went, oh, maybe I'm okay at this. Mm. So I spent that year just going in local fun runs, short ones, 3K, 5K, and trying to win my age group, which I did a few times. And um, after that, a lot of friends and people I knew just said, oh, I wish I could do that because they'd seen my journey from non-runner to runner. And um, that's when I just thought, oh, I wonder why people can't do it themselves. They might need a bit of support or some motivation. So we just got out as a group of local people and I just asked anyone interested and asked a few friends or, you know, on Facebook. And it just started out like that, basically. It was sort of like a... Um, a free community thing that we do on a Saturday morning yep. and then it, I don't know sometimes the groups got up to 60 people wow. and, I, and I just thought oh wow there's a bit of interest in this yeah, yeah. and I was still teaching part-time then and not wanting to go back full-time um, it's a stressful job and I was you know looking for a way out yeah. and then after a few years of that I had gone and done my running, um, running coach accreditations and I just had more and more people interested and I just kept cycling through that 12 week sort of learn to run, learn to run. And people were doing it over and over. And I said, hey, you need to do something else. You know, 
this is silly. You can run 5K now. Mm-hmm. Let's look elsewhere. So I looked into starting up a park run to try and get people going further than just coming back to learn to run all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I also started up the business of it, just little groups at a time just to see if I could manage it as a business. And um, I was still teaching. And then it just got to the point where I loved the running and the coaching side of it more than I did the teaching. And I just said to my husband, what do you think? Can I give it a go? So Mm. I had two years leave without pay from teaching and never looked back. Yeah, wow. Was that (laughs) six years ago? How long ago was that? Uh, So when I left teaching or when I started? Um, When you started your business. So I started running in 2012 and I... I left teaching in at the end of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just sort of grown. So um, as people evolve in their running and they, you know, hit one goal or one target, they want to go somewhere else. So it just went from that learn to run 5K to people training for 10Ks to training for half marathons, for marathons. And then we hit the trails when I hit the trails, which I didn't like at first. And then it turned full circle and that became my favourite thing to do. And we just sort of build on, yeah. Unreal, yeah. unreal. To, for a bit of, I guess, a bit of context as your level of fitness or your level of activity before you started running yourself, where were you at? What was your lifestyle like? I didn't have any fitness at all. Yep. <laughs> I had played netball as an adult before kids, so maybe two times a week. But when I started running in 2015, that was probably... 10 years before that, 10 years later. Okay. Yeah, so zero, nothing. Absolutely I nothing. lost 20 kilos that year. Is that right? <laughs> oh, really? Is that one of your motivations to, to run? Yeah, yeah, to definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. And yeah. for, for someone that seemingly had a pretty solid aversion to running, <laughs> uh, what, what was it about it that, that hooked you in? You know, what was, what was your take out initially? I like the way it makes you feel you know you feel so good at the end of a run no matter what you go in feeling like and you might feel rubbish throughout it but at the other end you feel really good you never feel worse yeah and i love the goal setting of running that's what i love okay yeah and 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 how long did it take after that sort of initial three five k kind of fun run stuff before you started going hang on i'm going to start building this up i'm going to do marathon for example so i did i spent 2012 doing the shorter distances just all the little local fun runs the next year i decided i wanted to run so that year in 2012 i saw the city to surf on telly which i did every year usually through a hangover (laughs) i said i'm going to run that next year and i'm not doing it this year because i want to be able to run from start to finish and not have to walk at all so the following year i went on to run the city to surf so that was my goal for the next year and I did it in 73 minutes and I was like, oh, this is really, like, I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's great really atmosphere, Loved it, it. Yeah. yeah. And then the year after, I decided I was going to train for a half marathon. Yep. So I did a couple. And then the next year after that, I was turning 40, so I decided I was running a marathon for my 40th. Okay. And not just a regular marathon, I was picking Great Ocean Road, which was 45Ks at yep. a time. Yeah, cool. I hated it. <laughs> but and at the end I remember saying if I ever suggest something like that again just smack me <laughs> and you know one they, thing leads to another <laughs> and what have you done since then what's the progression so that year I went on to do the Blackmores Marathon as well because I knew I had a better time in me and I won an entry so I thought why not and then I decided I wanted to do a road marathon in every state which I never quite got to I got to five 
and along the way I wanted to get a sub four which I've got a sub four and and that was like yeah okay I'm, I'm happy with that mm-hmm. and um and then the year after that the UTA 22 was the first year running of it and I said oh how hard can it be I've got ah. marathons that can't be that bad <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. no training on the course no trail running pretty mm-hmm. much at all I do like that Grace Point loop and think that's really hard that's trail right. <laughs> Yeah. And I went into down Kadumba at some crazy pace. Finally got out the other end. No one was there because none of my friends were really there at the time. My husband was running it. He was behind me somewhere. That's and I'm awesome. just like... <laughs> my husband's behind me, yes. <laughs> and I got to the end and I burst into tears. I went, what was that? <laughs> and then after that, I said, I am never doing the 50. But of course I had times the following year to go to six foot track. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen people talk about six foot track and I'd looked at videos of people finishing and the course and I thought, oh, you're crazy. But I had time sitting there and I thought, should I waste it or should I do it? Well, I've got a time, I might not not ever get a time again. So of course I went into the six foot track. (laughs) That's our favorite race. So um, have you just done it the once or? Three times. times. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Three times. So I was, I did that year. I ran it with Juliana, Mm -hmm. friend of ours. Friend of the show. She might have listened to question coming out later actually. Yeah. (laughs) And we had, it was tough. Like that was the first time I ever drank Coke in about 20 years, but I needed that Coke every sip of it. It's magic. Really tough. Well, when, when do you usually take coke in on the course, Wolf? Uh, I've got to check with Brendan. Uh, <laughs> it's, I think it's about 25 k's. <laughs> Roughly. Yeah. yeah. You need that coke at that's that right. point. Absolutely. Get up that hill and you Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's very that good. Coke. So were you, were you a goal-oriented person before this running business in other aspects of your life? Because you seem like you're, you're, you know, the real solid progression and real box-ticking behaviour going on here. <laughs> No, I wouldn't say so. No? no. Only in running. The running that, made that's it happen. Made, yeah, that's okay. brought that out of me. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know I love that. Fantastic. And, and I, I, I like the uh, just the progression up the charts. It's nice and uh, slow. It's not over the top. That You're was, sort of yeah, into... one of my things. I And I try and instill that in my runners not to take those huge jumps. And yep. I've never done that myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I still used to say, I'm never running the 50k i'm never running the 100k but it always came yeah you know but when i was confident that i could do it and do it well mm-hmm. and not break myself yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you did 50 uta i did that three times yeah <laughs> and then 100 i went to uh, great north fork the 50 miler before i did the jump to the 100 oh right. you really made the progression yeah, yeah I, my brain fun. couldn't cope with going from 50k to 100 yeah yeah and I couldn't go straight to UTA 100. I had to do Surf Coast, which is last year. Surf Coast 100. Yep. Yeah, right. Great race. Mm. We were both there. Yeah. Mm. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that was like my last hurrah. Last hurrah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, before, we, before we go on to last hurrahs, I, I want to ask about three six-foot tracks. Mm-hmm. So what, what, did you, what did you learn from the first one and the second one? And were you able to put those things into place for the third one? The first one was getting to the end unscathed. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. <laughs> what was scathed? I had a bad ankle roll the year prior maybe in the September and I rehabbed it 
but it wasn't great. And I'd gone and run Stromlo 30 on a really bad ankle roll probably three weeks after I'd done it. Mm. I got through, but, you know. Then going into six foot, it probably wasn't great. And we got to, we got up, I think we got up the first big hill and then you drop back down again. And when you're going through that little creek, mm. some random rock got mm-hmm. me. So I, I was only halfway through the okay. race. It was pretty bad. And I just remember I had Jules with me and I think Matt was with me, you know. Matt Fairbairn. Yeah, yeah, he was there. And they strapped my ankle up. Oh, Some other random runner good. went and told a first aid person. I'm like, no, 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 don't tell them. Hmm. I'm running the rest of this race. Yeah, yeah. So I got to the end and not too bad. Six hours. 18 maybe, maybe, no, 8, 608, yeah. something like that, mm, on yeah. a really bunged up ankle. Well done. Thank you. So the next year was about getting there without rolling the ankle. Okay. Which I did, the ankle came good and not too bad, and trying to get closer to six hours. And I had a really good run. I ran by myself that year and I just, you know, just focused. And I always started out slower and bring it home at the end. That was, that's my best Smart. Good yeah. strategy. Yeah, Smart. that's my best strategy for running an ultra. We've never done that. No. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> we fuck it up every year. I had a really good time. But right at the end, you know, the narrow single trail and yep. everything's hurting and it's so steep. I kicked a rock mm. and I went down. Okay. And my legs cramped so bad I couldn't get back up. They were just shaking. And this guy picked me up. He said, get up. And run. You're nearly going to get six hours. Come on, you can do it. 6.01. Oh, shit. Uh, if I hadn't have fallen, mm. I would have been fine. So I went back the third year and I was really trying to get that six hours, but I got really bad cramps and 6.01 again. Oh, really? 6.01, exactly. Wow. I ran with Matt again for the first part of it. And in the end, I said, you have to leave me. Just go. Yeah. Go get your six hours. I just, yeah, so close. So close. It's a tough race, but it's a really good one. I love it. Yeah, that was a tough year when you had your 601 last time, too. Yeah, last year. You could probably call that sub six. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, well done. (laughs) I didn't stack it, though. So that was good. (laughs) Nice. And then what about the transition to 100K? Like, I've heard a number of people say that you said you would never do such a thing. Um, What changed, and who was it that convinced you in the end? Uh, so I did the progression by going to the Great North 450 yep. miler and I had a good time. I ran with Nicole Waller and um, we had a really good run and that took us 14 hours 26 I think and I thought oh that wasn't too bad. I finished it and I felt alright mm. and I thought if I picked the right event I can do it in a similar time and I'm not out there for 24 hours or whatever. So the year after I was training a girl, she was doing the relay. The surf coast surf century. Coast century relay. Yeah. The first part of it, the sandy part at the mm. start. And I just, I loved training her for that and I followed her journey on that day and it just looked like a really good event. Mm. And because it was, uh, the elevation was, not as bad as UTA. Just a yeah. dirty sandbag of a race. Yeah, yeah. Flat. I, yeah, yeah, pretty flat. So they said, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. And I thought, yeah. It was really hilly. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And um, loved it. Every, that is my favourite event. It's good. Okay. 
So good event. Good yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a great time yeah. down there. And so, so 100 Ks wasn't as painful as you'd built up in your head in the first place? No. No? It wasn't as bad. It even had me thinking, oh, I might do the 100 at UTA one year. There you go. Mm. After that. Yeah. But, um... Maybe not so no, much. Maybe not now. <laughs> and I guess that leads us to one of the reasons we've had had you come on and have an interview. You've recently been diagnosed with ventricular tachycardia. Is that correct? I yeah, I had an episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so yeah, what what was that first indication that there was something something wrong there, Rachel? Uh, so the first indication was when I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. There was no indication prior Mm -hmm. now that i know a little bit about it maybe i can look back and go oh i was dizzy for you know getting up off the lounge or whatever but the first instance that brought it to a head Mm -hmm. was the very first instance that i knew of and i was at it was that first remember on that monday the 23rd of march when everything with coronavirus was coming down Mm -hmm. the gurgler and everything was starting to shut down i'd been for a run that morning i was all right And then we usually go to the gym on a Monday night to do a strength class and I had been moved outdoors and I'd spent the day like I did a run, I had to go grocery shopping and that was when there was nothing in the store. So it was quite a stressful sort of day and, Mm. you know, I thought, I don't even really want to go to the gym, but my husband's home, the kids are looked after, I'll just go. So I went and... um, we were sort of doing drills where you had to, you know, like nippers do on the beach where you jump up and you run, you come, you lie back down. We're mm. doing that sort of thing, backwards and forwards and sprints. Mm. And I got to the end of one and I just sort of felt dizzy and like a bit faint, like I might pass out. And I just said to Mitch, I said to the trainer, I said, I don't feel good. I'm just going to sit out for this bit. And he came over and said, all right. And I went, oh, I'm just a bit dizzy. I just need to lay down and... And then we just sort of put it down to like a stressful day, Mm. maybe dehydration because it was quite warm that morning and I'd already run and I don't know, a whole lot of not much. Little things. Because it was only little, it only seemed like little things. Mm. And they they finished off the session and we got up to walk to the cars and as we did, I couldn't breathe. It felt like there was a brick on my chest and I was just really, really struggling. And then we got through that sort of scenario and... We sort of also put it down to maybe a bit of anxiety, which I had suffered in the past, but not for 20 years. And I said, oh, maybe it's a bit of a panic attack. I don't know. You know, the world's going crazy and mm. who knows. And it passed. And my friend said, I'll drive you home. You can't drive home after what's happened. So she drove me home and I came good. They gave me a minty in the car and sort of perked me up. I thought, oh, maybe low blood sugar. You know, we just kept putting it down to all these little bits and yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. And I was still awake the whole time. I didn't go unconscious. So we got home. I said, oh, can you just walk me to the door and tell Michael, my husband, what happened? And as soon as we got in the house, it was just like it came back 100 times worse. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe and, you know, I got really sick and he ended up calling the ambulance. And I stayed awake the whole time, but my heart rate, when the ambos got there, it was at 266 and it was wow. stuck and it couldn't, it was Can't stuck in that rhythm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And that was that pressure in the chest. So they had to give me meds to reset it. Yep. They put the defib on me, which they were going to use if they couldn't reset it with the meds. Yep. Thank goodness they didn't have to use mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And they took me off to hospital. But, right. you know, I mean, the first lot of tests that I went through all showed good heart health because I was fit. Yeah, yeah. And they, 
you know, they don't, they didn't know why that would happen. And that one of the things the emergency doctor asked me was, do you have a family history of sudden death? And I just said, no, hmm. what's wrong with you? I'm just sick. I've got a virus. Hmm. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought I had a virus. So, and she's like, oh, okay. So yeah, that was, and then we had to go through a whole number of tests to find out what it actually was or is. And, and, and so what, what was that testing regime like? Like what, what, what did they put you through to get come to that diagnosis? So I had the, the ECG on me yep. all the time and it was doing a funny, the heart was doing a funny rhythm, hmm. just random. There was no pattern to it, just sort of, you know, here and there. Um, so they gave me, I had an angiogram, which came out 100% clear there was no blockages. So like, right, I had the echocardiogram, the ultrasound of the heart, and that wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. And then the cardiologist that was at Bankstown Hospital, he said, I have a colleague that works with athletes with arrhythmias, mm -hmm. which is what you're presenting with. And I'd like you to go and see him at Macquarie University Hospital. Mm -hmm. So I got transferred over there. And then they gave me a cardiac MRI and that still didn't bring out a lot other than that I have an enlarged heart, which is typical of endurance athletes. And he said to me, look, I think, you know, that's probably causing it because you can get um, arrhythmias with that because little bits of, I don't even know, the ins and outs of it, you know, build up within your heart and upset the rhythm and mm. whatever. And my resting heart rate was really low, which is another indicator of the enlarged athlete's heart. And they'd come and wake me up. It was so annoying every night in the hospital. Are you, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm okay. What's wrong? They said, oh, your heart rate just went to 37. Hmm. I said, I'm okay. <laughs> anyway, they had to adjust their notes to say, she's okay. Don't wake her up at, in the middle of the night. And then, he, so the cardiologist there said to me, look, I think it's just that you've got this, this enlarged heart. And what we're going to do is go in and do... A study of the electrical side of the heart um, we put you out to it we pump you full of drugs and we put the heart under pressure to see what it does you know in a in an induced way that it might happen through exercise mm -hmm. so I went to have that he said in my mind you've got no family history of uh, congenital heart disease and um, you're an endurance athlete so I think it's just going to be that I do this ablation where they laser off the little bits that are causing the arrhythmia. Yeah, normal yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll be, okay, that's what I think it is. However, I do have to warn you that if I find something else, you know, you may have to get a defibrillator put in your chest. And I just went, oh, okay, whatever. Mm. And still I'm just thinking, mm. you know, that's just worst case scenario. So things are, things are normal in your mind at this stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because everything else had been good and like I'm fit and I felt so good in the hospital. I was walking around, you know, I was the best patient. Hmm. Everyone else in the cardiac wards, yeah. not great. A thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. and, and at this stage, your heart rate was normal and, yeah. and everything was acting normally, apart from an, a little uh, bit of an arrhythmia here and there. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But as far as your perception, there was no, no issue there. You're feeling okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then he did the study, and as he, as I was coming out from anaesthetic, he just looked at me and he said, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to have the defib. And I just went, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I got a bit upset. Mm -hmm. I was probably coming down off drugs as well because they were <laughs> pumping through me, you know, to whatever, but that was a bit of a shock. And um, he just said, no more, no more, initially, no more endurance running. Mm -hmm. So later on, I went back to my room and I'm trying to process that. And I thought, oh, that's all right. I don't have to run marathons. I can run five or 10K. 
So then two days later, I was going in to have the defib put in. Hmm. And um, I said, what do you mean by that? Can I run 5K? And he went, no. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? What, what do you mean? He said, well, I know your types. You, you got to 100Ks, you know, like you're hmm. always going to push boundaries. If I say you can do that, what's it going to take you to next? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the nature of what I have, it's called ARBC. It's, um, it can just shoot up any time. And if it goes up too high, it can get then get stuck in that, in that rhythm. In yeah. that rhythm. And then that's what can kill me, basically. Okay. But so essentially the defib has been put in there in, in order to stop you getting to that heart rate. So that's, that's a safety blanket there that's set in place for you? Yeah, so it's set at 200. So if my heart rate gets to 200, yeah. it will shock me to make sure it doesn't get into it. that. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah. So that's my new goal in life, not to get shocked. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a fair goal. So how long ago did this happen? So Since 23rd of March. Yeah is when I had it and I had the defib put in on April Fool's Day. Oh, really? (laughs) Easy to remember. Yeah. And so I see that you're doing a lot of walking. Yeah. Um, How do you feel generally, your health? Yeah, generally I feel good. I was saying just before you got here, um, I had one thing after another for a little while because I ended up with a blood clot in the vein where the defib goes in. Oh, really? That's gone now, but that was a side effect of the surgery. Yeah. And a little bit of sciatica, just from my muscles all of a sudden not working how they mm. used to work for so long. Mm. But good, generally good. Yeah. I'm walking most days, I'm back to reformer Pilates and strength class, and the doctor has now said I can do more, but he still doesn't want me to run, mm-hmm. just because if it gets up near 150, 160, my heart rate, that's when it's likely to shoot, okay. shoot up. And they, they've done some testing, or I guess at least some research to suggest that you raising your heart rate will bring that on, or is that just sort of a cautious approach? Um, I to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about it right yep. now, because it's not really that long okay. since it's happened. Yep. But, you know... I don't think they even know no. a lot about it mm. because it's sort of like, I guess, one in 5,000 maybe. Mm. It's that type of disease that people don't find out they've got it until in an autopsy. Yeah, right. So they said to me, you're very lucky that you were fit, super fit. And that, that's my difference, that's you think? that's what saved me, they okay. said. Because I was awake during that whole episode, if I had gone unconscious, that's when it mm. wouldn't have been good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there you go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and so you had your, your major VT episode in March. Yep. Um, and, and I know you were entered in six foot track marathon that year. So do you think the cancellation in, in essence saved your life? Yeah, yeah. definitely. You I did. think coronavirus has somehow saved me yep. because that probably would have happened out on six foot track. Mm. You know what that race is like. It's tough mm. going up those hills. Yeah. So absolutely, definitely, I'm thankful <laughs> in some ways that this has all happened. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much in, in a controlled circumstance that's rather right. than halfway at the pluviometer. Um, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have been good. No, absolutely not. So. Um, and looking in hindsight, apart from a little bit of dizziness in the lead up, were there any other clues pertaining to your exercise? The only thing, I mean, maybe for about twelve months prior, I would think. Oh, 
I wonder why I just can't get any faster. Mm-hmm. I just can't get back to how fast I used to be. And I just thought, you know, I'm not doing a lot of fast effort running. I was enjoying more like going up and down stairs and climbing hills and not running them so much. And I just put it down to not doing the speed work training. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why. But that's all I can think of. Occasionally I would feel a little bit dizzy getting up off the lounge or in an exercise class getting up off the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But nothing that you would say out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. oh, you should get that checked. Okay. Nothing that I would have thought. Now, <laughs> I think maybe if people are experiencing some kind of dizziness mm-hmm. at any point, go and get the doctor to put the monitor on you, just double check. Because the signs of this disease is dizziness, mm-hmm. breathlessness, fainting, mm. anything that could happen as a runner. Yeah. And you would think that's normal, you know? And yeah. I never had it, any of those episodes outside of exercising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and, where it's And had you had that fainting sort of feeling previously no, with exercise? No, no, that was the first, okay. that big VT was the first yeah. fainting sort of, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Wolf? Ever felt like fainting while you're doing your yeah. interval sets, mate? Yeah, had it on the way here. Yeah. Just walking up with the esky. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> Don't do a lot of strength work, though, do you? No. No. No, <laughs> no arms. <laughs> really knock me around. <laughs> should we go to a uh, listener question? We should. Okay. So this one's from Bronwyn Skinner. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know if you're still getting your weekly massage off Dorsey. <laughs> oh, that would be a no. That's a no? Can you, uh, there's, there's a can story you, there. Can you paint a picture there of, of, of Dorsey? What's, what's... She's gone... She's losing it. She's oh my goodness. Shani's working. Shani's Dorsey working. is not a person you would want to get a massage from. Let's just put it that way. Is that right? He is a massage therapist, but not one I want to no. touching me. Short shorts? Yeah, sometimes. Short shorts? I think Bronwyn Skinner's had her own massage from him on the side of uh, the indoor soccer pitch at some stage. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this is a deeper story that we need to unlock. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is not like a USA oh, gymnastics thing or something. <laughs> no, that's right. Okay. There you go. Have you got a listener question? I've got a few, actually. Oh, yeah, they're coming pretty hot, actually, for Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. This, 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 from, uh, this is from Julia Gulia, actually. Um, so she, she asks, Now that Prince Andrew is about to be jailed and Prince Harry has abdicated his royal position, where does that leave you in line for the throne? I think the uh, the line's pretty long. <laughs> but there's a link there. There is. Really? My family tree goes back, has been traced back to King Edward the Third. Really? Yeah. yeah. So royalty. There you go. <laughs> That's impressive. You look good holding that Stein. So <laughs> thank you. You're a natural. You're a natural. Oh, so it's got to be. You got to be close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're getting closer anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, and did this help you uh, get a start in the Queen's baton relay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. But um, no, that was that was a really good. I loved that. Yeah. That was a great moment. Yeah. That's a real thing, by the way. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. You got to start. Yeah. Talk, yeah. talk us through it. What, what, what did it involve? Uh, it was in Brisbane, actually. Yeah. I don't know why it was in Brisbane. Some random location they picked me for. But yeah. um, we had a bit of a family trip up there. Yeah. And um, just had to go and get on the bus with all the people and get dropped off and prepped for your 
your button holding extravaganza and it was over in a flash i think it was like 10 seconds oh, really? yeah. running down the road but yeah. it was like you you know i got interviewed by channel 7 up there because they were running along with the camera and the hmm. microphone and a bit of a celebrity for 20 did, seconds did you wear your rachel's runners cap as a plug? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you weren't allowed they were very no strict yeah no you had to have everything had to be white with no logos nothing on it mm. and their uniform of course okay yeah, but that was a fun day. No tattoos on the arm. <laughs> Could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. tape around your your arm with your with your writing. <laughs> they Usually did it's ask just me left though. and right. Ra- Rachel's runners. <laughs> Cross the knuckles. Cross the knuckles. <laughs> Should just talk, talk holding your hands up like That's that. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, I, I need I need to ask a couple more hard questions before we move on. Okay. So, all right. So, um, I, I'd like to know if the doctors think that. This stuff is more genetic or more exacerbated by exercise and what I guess the statistics are around that. So, as I said, it's sort of pretty new and they're still investigating whether mine's definitely genetic. Hmm. Majority of the time it's a genetic condition. For most people. Yeah, yeah. but I haven't had the actual testing yet for that, although I am going into that. Because of corona, everything was shut down. But you're not aware of anyone in your family having a similar no. experience no so my dad had a heart attack young but that was different because he had a blocked artery yeah whereas mine were clear yeah so the only thing that we can think of is that two of my dad's uncles died young from some kind of sudden death mm-hmm. but they the doctors have indicated to me that it's more likely that it's your direct parent not uncles and, oh, okay. and things like that yep. so and then once a parent has it it's a 50% chance it can get passed on to a child. Okay. So this has had further repercussions now yep. for my family. My kids have will have to go and get tested and they'll have to have ongoing heart tests now throughout mm. their lives and my both of my sisters have to go and have all the testing done as well okay. just to check. Mm. But um, now that it has come out, so it sort of sits there dormant, I guess, and mm. then there's maybe a trigger and you know exercise a lot of exercise i guess can make it worse because mm. it's the thinning a thinning of the heart muscle mm. and then it can't pump the blood effectively around the body mm. is it degenerative or does it does it rebuild no so it just gets worse now okay. so that's another reason why i can't Push keep high. the running yeah, yeah and can't get the heart rate up high because yeah. it will yeah progressively get worse degrade that heart muscle yeah yeah Okay. Now, what, what about any other lifestyle factors as a um, as a risk factor? Were there any other things that they said were potentially trigger? Shandies would help, Shines, right? I think so. Yeah. Pretty, like, you know, I eat well, I don't drink a lot. Maybe mm. in my heyday I did. Yeah. But Well, that's normal. Back then. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Not for a long time, yeah. you know. I mean, have your night out every so often we but don't. nothing out of the ordinary yeah no, okay what's no. the local is it the mill oh repera yeah no Reesby workers Ooh, workers <laughs> yeah, nice. workers club yeah. nice. everyone's seen a band there that's it yeah so i was looking into some research on um this ventricular arrhythmia stuff at, you know on my way to work this morning mm-hmm. um they did a study of 110 runners in the berlin marathon a few years back and put an ECG monitor on their hearts throughout the race. And 10% of these runners had a ventricular arrhythmia during yeah. that marathon. Yeah. The mean time was somewhere between 3 hours 20 and 4 hours 40. So they're all kind of mid-pack runners. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, a huge amount of people having sort of heart issue underlying without noticing it, no mm. symptoms as such, but mm. something going on with that heart of theirs during that Berlin Marathon. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on, you know, and I'd mm-hmm. probably suggest that if anyone's getting any of those symptoms that, you know, they go have a look. Mm. Yeah. Don't, don't just put it down to a tough last set around the track. Mm. Um, go and check out dizziness or shortness of breath or abnormal training patterns. Don't leave it. I, th- yeah. I think that's yeah, a good take-home message. So, I mean, just in our close circle of friends, the florist, yeah. Guy Telfer, yeah. and a mate of mine, Mick Hennessy, a uh, good marathon runner as well all very similar symptoms um, and different levels of resolution there uh, they've had their their heart issues so yeah. certainly not immune to it as you know just because you're fit in, yeah. in fact probably because you're doing these things it, it brings these issues out more so we need to be a bit more mindful i suppose so because yeah, i think yeah. you get used to just pushing through pain yeah. that's what we do yeah so you can ignore things because you think it's just part of your normal running, mm-hmm. training. Yeah. I had um, some chest pain and uh, got an ultrasound and they found a second monkey heart. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was real weird. Well, it's, it's unsurprising. <laughs> yeah. Because your heart rate data on Strava is clearly horseshit. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It could be the monkey heart. <laughs> heart rate monitor's fine. So if, if, if anyone's seemingly doing it abnormally easy on a bunch of reps around the track, they should get an ultrasound and check out if they have a second monkey heart. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good. Don't do anything about that. That's good advice. Mm. That's good advice. All right, should we talk about uh, some Rachel's runner stuff? Yeah, what, so what are you guys doing? What, what's, what's a week look like? Uh, so everything at the moment is online. Yep. We just started a new round of Learn to Run, which is an entry level program. Um, today, but without any on-site session, which has been a hard call to make because that's people at that entry level need Mm. that connection to Mm. meet people and get them out the door. So I have lost quite a few people who would have potentially signed up, but um, I was just seeing what's happening out there and I thought restrictions are going to change again and it's just hard mucking people around. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them to just start from the beginning online only with a bit of Facebook Live and just checking in every few days when they do their runs, Mm -hmm. sort of making them more accountable that way. So that's what we're doing for Learn to Run. Um, Once a week we do what we used to call running fitness which is sort of the next level up like your interval sets and heels and stuff but we're doing that as a zoom session now mm. so which is really good I've I mean in the initial sort of isolation period people were asking me oh can you do something like that will you talk to us and I thought I don't know how that's going to work you know I can't see what they're doing mm. but the feedback's been really good okay. so I get them to do a little jog to warm up and then six o'clock, I open the Zoom meeting and we have, I think the most we had is like 25 people online. They just plug it in to their So you the phone plugged in Yeah, and phone. I just walk, do my daily walk and I'm talking to them the whole huh. way. And I don't, I'm just like a one-sided conversation. <laughs> but um, it's gotten You're just easier. hearing heavy breathing from 25 people. <laughs> no, they're all muted, so I don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been really good, you know, and I... The feedback has been, I mean, obviously I can't see them, so I can't give them any feedback on what they're doing visually, mm. Mm. but 
I coached them along and because I've been there and done those sorts of things, I know what they're feeling at that point. And they said having me in their ear is better than me yelling at them at the track. They yeah. can hear me constantly the whole yeah, time. Yeah. So they're running around a track while you're doing this? Uh, yeah, they're all in different locations. So they might be at Sylvania at the track or on their local track down at Cronulla or wherever. Okay. Yeah. All different locations. That's great. Summer Hill. We've got them all spread all around Sydney. Right. Yeah. So they're all doing a track session at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's unreal. It's, yeah. really, it's worked out really well. Yeah. So. And, and so is it just track sessions that you do that or other sessions? Um, hills. So yeah. we'll do hill sessions. I give them an indication, you know, a couple of days before this is the session we're doing. This is the kind of length or steepness of hill you might need. Mm-hmm. Same for track. You know, you need flat track today, whatever. And um, so they... They have their location organised and then just zoom in at 6 o'clock. Sometimes I talk to them about what I've been watching on telly the night before, like X-Files or whatever, (laughs) or different conversations come up. And, I, you know, Juliana said to me she quite often finds herself talking back to me even though I'm not there to hear her. (laughs) That's the first sign of insanity, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find it. If you need a, uh, a jumpsuit, Julia... Yeah. You still got it? I've got two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. Yes, yeah, straight well jackets, Julia. If you need one, yeah, I've got a spare. I've got a. Uh, I've got some more listener questions. I've got to get through a few actually. Okay. So this is from Tina Sparkles. You know Tina Sparkles? Of course I do. Yeah. So during these uncertain times, what is your stance on the humble snot rocket whilst running? Are there any more COVID-friendly alternatives you can suggest? Don't do it. <laughs> Just oh. don't do it. Oh. But it's hard to nose breathe, like Rory would suggest, mm. if you can't get a snot rocket out. As a runner, I do love a snot rocket. Ah. <laughs> Has she been talking stories I, I, about I've that? heard some stories. It's been <laughs> so a good only, week, actually. Only around the girls that you do the in yourself? Uh, no, Gerald doesn't mind. Uh, you know Gerald? Doc? I do. In fact, Doc G has a question He's coming up He's my partner in snot rocket crime. Oh, really? Is that right? <laughs> there you go. All right. It's important, I guess, to, to really give it some oomph. So you don't want it spraying out into the ether. You mm. just want it targeted, yeah. I guess. Just to make sure no one's behind you. Mm. Yeah. To the side. That's right. Mm. A good COVID No wind. Don't rocket. do it on the coast track. No, not no. on a windy day. <laughs> no. Or at least get your wind organised. <laughs> we, we, we've got a question from Dr. Dr. G, yeah. Gerald. So is it true that you tried to get your husband to change his name by D-Pole to Michael Hutchins? <laughs> That is not true. No? But it is true that I have a son with Michael as the middle name. Okay. And it was lucky I married a Michael because it was always going to be a Michael, even if my husband wasn't a Michael. Is that right? But my husband Michael didn't know that until a few years later and I was telling the story about when Michael Hutchins died and I said, oh, if I ever have a son, I'm going to call him whatever, Michael. And then my husband went, what? So our son's not named after me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he is as well as Michael. It's Hutchins. a nice coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So so when you were you know trawling for husbands, did did you specifically look for Michael's? That was the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> no. It makes it easy, doesn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. Brown wavy hair, not easy to come by. <laughs> no. Certain swagger. Yeah. Belt around your neck. It's <laughs> too soon. Just, 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 too soon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's 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 impressive. That's good. 
That's a quite a mild question from Doc. I'm quite waiting a mild for question. a worse one. There you go. <laughs> While uh, you're getting your next question, I might go down to Sean at Ranala yeah, yeah, to do call. a shoe review on these. What are they? They're bright, aren't they? They're the Asics. Meta Racer. Thank you. No worries. Yeah. Thought I'd save you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll go down to Sean now. Sean, we're down at Ranella. How are you going? Good, Matt. How are you? Good. Nice to catch up. Always. It's been a, bit of, been a little while. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so we're going to chat about the ASIC Meta Racer. They look, um, look pretty fast, mate. They glow in the dark. Bright orange. Can't miss them. Can't miss them. Yeah, they were obviously with the Olympics. They were just, that was their launch. They were going to launch that shoe just before the Olympics, but obviously being pushed back now. Um, that they've released it. Yeah, to all retailers in store. They were going to cancel it until the Olympics, but no, it's, they've given it um, out to the public now, and uh, reviews have been second to none. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, been very positive. Uh, you've been running in it what, yep. what are your thoughts mate great shoe so this is asics first carbon fiber plate shoe first carbon plate shoe yep. yeah yeah which um yeah obviously having the uh, nike uh Ciccone, i think have brought one out so there have been there have been others brands that have had it on the market so obviously asics had to um sort of get in on it and um yeah the, i think the, the weight has been been worth it yeah absolutely so it's a really nice shoe um it's um i guess a short to mid distance shoe uh i I thoroughly like running on the on the track with them yeah and um i think that'd be great in a in a shorter race 5k 10k half marathon half marathon all the reviews that i've listened to quite a few have said that it's a perfect half marathon shoe um it's still it's a nine mil drop so it's still got, you know, quite that heel lift. Um, 190 grams, which is really, really light. Um, and basically the the stack height is quite low compared to other carbon plate shoes. So the, the feedback has been that you it's not as it's not that cushion which is people are loving. Um, so you feel the road, you feel feel that. So it's a nice light racing shoe and a lot of people that have worn the asics evo ride has said that this is a racing version of that shoe right so yeah and the evo ride we've had fantastic feedback with as well yeah i know everyone loves loves the evo ride including hattie yeah um so if you wanted a race version of that shoe this is it yeah it's a lot it's a stack height it's a lot lower to the ground and uh and the feedback has been yeah that's what people have wanted. They've said thanks, Asics, for bringing bringing out something that you know isn't soft and spongy. It's responsive. It's springy, and it's and, and it's fast. Yeah, yeah, and that beautiful orange color. You can't miss it. It's got Tokyo written on Tokyo the side on, as well. On, on the side. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean the upper as well um, is nice and breathable. So foot isn't going to overheat. And a lot of uh, the other shoes have gone to a knit. Uh, upper which is is quite fitting to the shoe but with a lot of feedback with this shoe has been there's a bit of room in the toe box yeah. and that's that's been a real positive because um, uh, ASICs have kept with the engineered mesh instead of the knit upper which gives the toe box just that little bit more room so yeah people are just loving it so if you have got a little bit of broader foot you can uh, it's going to suit suit that foot style as well yeah cool so if people are thinking about getting this shoe 
Uh, it's not a shoe to go jogging in. It's a shoe for speed work and racing. Speed work, race work, yeah. A lot of people are using it for track. Yeah. But, yeah, or race day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anything up to... A lot of the reviews have said that 30k mark onwards, probably not. Too far, yeah. Just Too far. It doesn't feel like it's got the cushioning. It hasn't got that cushioning. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you wouldn't go jogging in it. It's great on the track. Great on the track. Great for racing. And racing, yeah. yeah. Not jogging. Yeah. Uh, another, the grip outer sole as well has been really, really positive. It's grippy. Yeah. Um, where people have sort of said a lot of the other brands it's you know are quite slippery if it is a bit wet but yep. this in the wet uh, or on the track is, is really grippy yeah so they uh, look I, ha I watched a review on it and the, the tail of the the bottom um or the grip on it so it does handle in wet so it doesn't yes. slide in so yeah. it's especially tailored for wet weather exactly yeah so um yeah it feels great like it, you never feel like you're going to slide on anything yeah it feels really good yeah so no. i'm very happy with it good so yeah. our listeners want to get it. They come down to Renoa. They do. And, uh, mention, and they get a discount. Mention Running Matters podcast. Exactly. 10% discount. Yeah. Yeah. And what about uh, merch? How are we going with shirts? And we We're keep... looking at getting some long sleeveys for winter. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I will post something up as soon as they come in. Yep. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So yeah. So we can get that brand out there even, even through the winter cold months. Yeah. Nice one. All right. Well, great to catch up. And um, look forward to once this uh, COVID thing's over, we'll have to do another social catch up at the at the store. Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, yeah hopefully um, very soon. Yeah, sounds good. We'll have a few Sydney breweries. Love Dale Lagers, love them. That's it, mate. <laughs> All right, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Matt. See Talk you. to you. Bye. And we're back. Thanks for that, Sean. Well done, Sean. They are some shiny, shiny shoes, Wolf. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so I don't need a, a nightlight. I just put them in there. The corners of the bedroom, so if I get up during the Helps. night. <laughs> Not in the kids' rooms, your room. My room. Yeah. yeah. Just so I can find my way and if I wake up scared, I've had a bad dream. <laughs> what, what's, what's a bad dream look like for you? Uh, maybe you chesting me like at a park run or something. <laughs> Mate, I would, I would be so far from chesting you at a park run right now. You are flying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It would be a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> So Rachel, you you asked your group of Rachel's runners in one word what running means to them, and got some pretty diverse responses. Um, we've got freedom, challenging, sanity, agony, serenity, elation, release, triumph, escape, all sorts of words. Uh, what word do you use personally? Oh, maybe happiness. Happiness. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What about you, Wolf? What do you What do you reckon? One word. I thought you were going to say Dorsey. <laughs> Definitely not. The masseuse. <laughs> I'm so glad he doesn't know we call him Dorsey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one word. Yeah. To describe what running means to you. Mm. You can use three for your three personalities if you like. <laughs> I don't know. Can I pass? What, what's your, what's your of, word? Of course you'll pass. What's your word? <laughs> I, look, I reckon escape is a good one. Oh. I reckon, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a winner. Yeah. I like to escape all the bits and pieces and yeah. get out there. Yeah. 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 Are you running from something, Paul? Well, constantly. Yeah. At least five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next listener question. Uh, this is from the judge. You know the judge? Friend of the chef. I have met him. I think this is um, this might hark back to your teaching days, but 
the judge anyway. My, my question pertains to the recent period of homeschooling and in preparation for the next round of it. Like any good footy ref, I like to set the tone early in the day by giving the kids a good whack with the cane for any mild indiscretion. In your experience, what sort of daily caning numbers should I be aiming for? <laughs> whatever it takes. Three to six. <laughs> Three to six. Yeah, whatever it takes. So you're condoning the use of the cane. <laughs> well. He's put in brackets seven. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's already got his number there. Extra that's right. But I think he's looking for some guidance. So that's some responsible parenting. Thanks, Judge. Yeah. Well done. Good question. Yeah, it was a good question. All right. Let's pretend I'm a complete newbie to running. All right. So what are some of the most common mistakes that I'm most likely making? What do you see with your runners? Uh, either they will do too much too soon mm-hmm. or they won't do enough. So when we do the, um, the learn to run, I suggest that they do their intervals at that level, you know, three times a week. But when we've run the program on site, often people will run with the group on the Saturday, nothing during the week, the group on the Saturday, and then we build and, they and then up. they get injured. Okay. Yeah. Or they drop off the program. So they're not keeping up with the load and yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Be consistent. Yeah. Do yeah. you um, set them strength training sessions as well, or do you have do you incorporate those that training at a venue or? So a bit of both. Yep. I suggest if they're not already going to some kind of a strength session or PT or boot camp, then we have a a group session that Nicole runs for us. Yep. Local Cairo. Yeah. And Dr. um <laughs> that she's organised for us and um I also give them some ideas of things they can be doing. Yeah. You know, general like calf raises and glute bridges and you know, those general runner strength things. Yeah. But yeah, definitely recommend that they do something. Okay. Because it's so easy just to get hooked on the running and do yeah. none of that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and so, yeah, that, that consistency of too much or too little is the, the yeah. biggest impediment there. Yeah, yeah. that's the, main, the okay. main thing. What about, like, shoes, fashion, clothing? Yeah. What, what do they rock up with? Oh, I just say wear whatever's comfortable in regards to clothes, mm-hmm. but shoes is my big thing. Okay. I say don't wear your old netball shoes from 10 years ago, which is what I did when I first started running. Yeah. Um, go and get fitted mm. at a specialized running shoe shop like, like Ranala. exactly yeah 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 and um and, and have goose yeah get some energy in while yeah. you're there yeah sorry I'm but sh- no shoes, shoes is shoes definitely important. a big one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and how do you get these people to to start enjoying their running i'm assuming that they're coming to you because they're not i guess able to kickstart themselves um, and probably a lot of them hate it like you suggested you hated it in the first place yeah what, what, what do you think helps them to enjoy it uh, I think it's the community side of it so making the connection with other people and also seeing stories of other people's transformation I guess you'd call it mm-hmm. so I mean mine but that's older now so generally they know someone mm-hmm. and they've seen their their transformation from a non-runner to running 5Ks. Can we use the word journey? I love that journey, word. Yeah. The running journey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that connection with others, that's definitely okay. yeah, that's what I good. like. Yeah. And, and do you facilitate that sort of storytelling within the group? Like yeah, to, I try to. Yeah. I try to. Yeah. yeah, I like them to know that whatever they're thinking or feeling 
it's not just them. Yep. And I quite often say, whatever you're wondering, ask it. Don't think it's a silly question because we've all probably wondered it. Yeah. And, you know, no just silly put questions. it out there. That's it. Because someone else is probably thinking it as well. What would be your ratio of road runners to trail runners? Um, I think initially they sort of all start out as road runners because the learn to runs done at a park generally and then they just eventually most people in recent years have gone to the trail the church of dirt yeah. as we like to call church it church of dirt <laughs> church of dirt that's epic yeah james Oppenman would love that yeah church of he dirt. loves to go to church yeah. yeah so i'd say more trail at this point in time and some people go between both yeah, yeah. but it's sort of like once you go to trail you just love it. Mm-hmm. Majority of people, yeah. I find. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. Unless you're a bit of a weirdo like <laughs> Wolf. Being called worse today. <laughs> Do you prefer road? Oh, uh, look. No, I, I, I would prefer trail and have been doing for a long time. But yeah. for some reason, I stepped off and just done a bit of road running. Just Crazy time. Just to mix it up. <laughs> Crazy time. Yeah. Mix it up. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got his little group doing some, some marathon, half marathon work. So cool. they're all killing it. Yeah. Killing That's it. Good. I want to talk about the BHAG. The big, hairy, audacious goal. I've read that this is the way you put it to your, your clients. The big, hairy, audacious goal. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, I think that's probably... Yeah, that was from right near the start. Yeah. That's what they used to refer to it as. Yeah. yeah. And so how, how do you get your clients who are athletes out of their comfort zone and uh, get them to push themselves and, and, and start setting these goals? Well, I tell them it needs to be something that you're a little bit frightened of, mm. that you think, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But then I also tell them that if you put a plan sensible plan in place and just follow it you'll get there and that's what I like myself as a runner Mm -hmm. I've got this big goal I think oh how am I going to run 100 k's but once I've got that plan in place I don't doubt it and that's what I say to them don't doubt it Mm. just commit to it and believe it's going to work and trust yourself and trust me and you'll get there. Do the yeah. right things. That's good advice, isn't yeah, it? Once yeah, your mind's on board, you can just you just yeah. make it happen, don't you? Yeah. For sure. Mm. For sure. And how do you strike that balance with these athletes about setting a big enough hairy goal <laughs> and setting too big a goal where they're likely to get injured or uninspired or not quite make it there? What's your consultation like? I think it's different for different people and you have to know people um, and because I was a teacher for 23 years, you just get to know how to talk to different people. So it's just different for each person. Um, Mostly people come, even though it's scary, it's still within their reach. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of times where I think, oh, I don't know, but we'll just, we'll start and we'll adjust as we go along the way. Mm -hmm. And they've got there, as long as they do the right things you know not silly stuff or forget their strength work or whatever mm. it's pretty okay and if it might be too huge a step i'll just say why don't we do this first mm. let's Break just let's just get to a half marathon first or yeah. a 10k first yeah and keep that in the back of our mind mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there yeah 
That's good. I like that. Good advice. There's not not enough trainers doing that, I reckon. Sensible. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So from a bunch of different sources, it seems like you've attracted a truly loyal and engaged engaged group of runners. So what do you think the key to this success is? And feel free to blow your own horn here because (laughs) I've had several people blowing your horn for you this week. Uh, I don't like blowing my own horn. Maybe that's one of the things. I don't know. Uh, I just think you need to be honest and authentic and not pretend to be something you're not. Yeah. I've never pretended to be an elite runner or an elite coach. I, in fact, I wouldn't take on people who want to compete in that level, yeah. at that level. I, you know, I'm a beginner myself, still I class myself as a beginner, and that's the kind of clientele that I would want to work with. And yeah. I've actually said to people in the past, and even parents of children, would you coach my children? I'm like... It's not my area. Yeah. I'll only take on that specific niche where I feel confident. And I just don't like, I don't like pretenders. Mm-hmm. And I would hope either. that I'm not one. I try uh, very hard not it. to be far one. So, yeah, you obviously make that connection because, you know, you can relate. And like like you're saying, you know, you're, you, you started out just from nothing and, and yeah. sort of built into what you've done. And so you can relate to them, their journey as well. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to tell them my journey, which is what I always do for the new Learn to Run group that come. I tell them about how I started and hmm. what, where I am now. And they're like, wow. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's fantastic. You've done a, a brilliant job. And we, we see Rachel's runners out all over the place doing Thanks. a great job as well. Yeah. Um, one last question for me. So what is the... Uh, actually, I've got a quote first. I, I, I've been training for the biggest event of my life and my training is why I'm here today from Rachel Allworth. <laughs> um, so what's what's your big, hairy, audacious goal on going now? What, what, what do you want to achieve? Uh, well, for a little while, it was to finish my lap of Australia on the Run Down Under map, which oh. I completed last week. <laughs> so that got me out of bed every day in the last few months. Now it's just to stay alive, to yeah. be honest. Because the look of fear on my kids' face when they came to see me in hospital that very first next day, I was just like, I can't do that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to see them go into adults, that's my next goal. Okay. I've got no <laughs> doubt you'll achieve that goal, Rachel. Thank you. And I'm sure many, many more. Um, thank you for coming and chatting to us. No problem. Yeah, it's been, been fun. very inspiring. And so where do our listeners find you now that you've inspired them? <laughs> um... They can go to Rachel's Runners on Facebook or Instagram, or we even the website Rachel's Runners. Easy to find. Awesome. That's yeah. the beauty of that name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Easy to remember. Easy to find. The alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> there it is again. It's indicative. Yeah. Thank you, Judge. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, just before we wrap it up, I'm going to go to Lloydie and chat about goo. Oh, great. Yep. Probably have a beer there. Extra. G'day, Lloydie. Nice to catch up again. Always good to see you, Matt, especially when you bring a cold beer with you. That's right. I won't turn up without a beer. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about some of your other products Mm. today. So let's start with the the chews. Well, the chews came about uh, because a lot of people didn't want to take a full gel at the same time, and it's pretty hard to have part of a gel and try and run with it or whatever sport you're doing. So they decided to make it more of a solid form where you chew three or four chews, dissolves in your mouth, it gives you the same effect as a, a gel, but you're feeding yourself as you go because there's eight jellies to a packet. Yep. 
four of those jellies are equivalent to one gel. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just like having a, a soft lolly, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep. It's exactly. You can eat them at your desk yep. while you're doing stuff, but yep. you can't have a goo at the desk. No, that's right. <laughs> two, two different uh, tastes. Yeah. No, so they obviously come in different flavours. What flavours? Yeah, we've got five flavours. Um, you've got strawberry, orange, blueberry, watermelon, and a new one, salted lime, that's just come in. Oh, right. Which nice. is added sodium also good in the summertime when you're sweating a lot more. Yeah, okay, that's good. Mm. And so you get eight in a packet, that's equivalent of two gels. Yeah. So if you take them out yeah. for a training run or a race. Yeah. And uh, what about your waffles as well? Well, the waffles, they came about because people, when they're gonna race or go for a long run, they don't wanna eat too much before they go because they upset their stomach. So they've made a, a waffle which is equivalent to one gel or a bit more than one gel and you eat it five, ten minutes before you start, and it puts something in your stomach, but still gives you energy, and it doesn't affect you while you run. I've actually taken one, eaten a whole waffle, and gone straight out the door, so I was starving. Yep. No effect whatsoever, it was great. Yeah, right. No yeah. adverse effect, good effect of keeping going and uh, getting rid of your hunger, Yeah. and giving that energy as well. Yep, so I suppose you could have it like as a light breakfast, but also yeah. midway through your longer runs well, or, or races. There's people, people doing these ultras, it was perfect for them. Yep. It's gonna get some food into their system, yep. give them energy, control their stomach, and it's, you know, it's one of those products that you can actually use for the 100Ks or whatever. Yeah, and because they're so light, you can chuck three or four yeah. in your pack and they don't weigh you down. Well, the girl who, who uh, formulates all this, she's won the Western States in America. Oh, yeah. She's a, a goo uh, employee and a sponsored goo athlete as well. Yep. So she knows how to push it to the limit. She's actually used Roctane for the whole way in one of those races. Yeah, right. Just Roctane. Just the Roctane gels. Drink. No, the Roctane drink. drink. Not the gels, just the Roctane drink. Yeah, right. Yeah, and she won. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Magna, I don't know what the last name is. You look it up, Ma- Magna. Up. She got married and everything, I can't remember now. Where's she from? Uh, she's from, well, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, well, great to catch up, share a beer. Oh, and, yeah, it's and, good. Um, and the listeners should get onto your website because you're moving some stock. Yeah, we've got a lot of low dated and uh, dated stock. Yep. And might I point out it's best buy, not used buy. Yep. So you can use stuff a year after or two years after, which I do anyway. Yeah. Uh, but because of the coronavirus, sales haven't been as strong as they have been, and, but we've always been geared up for big sales. Yep. So we've got all these products there. Go on the web, website, see what the specials are. Now we're clearing out the great prices. Yep. And then we get the new stock in. Pick up some cheap deals. Yeah, very good deals. They've got liquid gels for twenty dollars a box. Oh, really? That's twenty four gels for twenty bucks. Whole box for twenty yep. bucks. Bargain. Yep, definitely. Excellent. All right. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Matt. Catch up soon. Thanks, buddy. See ya. See ya. And we're back. So we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again very much for your time. Great chatting with you. Good Thanks. stories. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you out there running soon. Thanks, Walking. Eddie. Walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, walking. <laughs> and if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe or follow Running Matters to be notified when each episode's released. And take advantage of our online discount codes with our partners. Yeah. And you'll find them in our show notes for each episode. All right, signing off. Thanks, Wolf. Thanks, guys. Thank you.